Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this audio sermon. You can find a full archive of sermons on our website, holycommunion.net. The sermon this week was preached by me, the Reverend Mike Angel, Rector of Holy Communion, on the second Sunday of Easter, April 11th, 2021. In the name of the one true and living God, amen. We are living through perilous days of disbelief. And today we encounter again the story of Thomas, the disciple who needed proof. We Missourians might informally adopt Thomas the Apostle as our own patron saint. They call this the show me state for a reason. We are living through perilous times of disbelief. We are living in times when evidence is ignored, scientific consensus is disregarded as just one opinion. This week, as I engaged the gospel, I wondered. I wondered if John told the story today, would he have had Thomas look at his friends? The friends who had just told him, we have seen the Lord. If John was writing today, would Thomas respond back to his friends, fake news? This week in our city, for the first time, there were more appointments for vaccinations than there were people willing to get them. There's a real possibility that this time of pandemic will stretch longer because our fellow Americans don't trust the science of the vaccines. John's gospel in this story of Thomas plays with the themes of belief and unbelief. I know many of us have heard sermons about this story, about why we shouldn't think of the disciple as doubting Thomas. I like the translation we're reading today because it's a more faithful rendition of the Greek and because it speaks to our day. When Jesus talks to Thomas, he's really speaking to us all. No more disbelief. Believe. I want to venture with you. Jesus isn't trying to get Thomas to recite the creed. It's a few hundred years too early for that anyway in the gospel. Jesus instead is trying to help Thomas see something about truth. This morning I want to speak about truth. About the very nature of truth. I think Thomas has something to tell us. Jesus has a message even for us. For us who are living through the pandemic and the cultural strife of the early 21st century. In the gospel today, Jesus wants Thomas to believe. He wants Thomas to know that there are truths worth believing. For grammatical flair, for grammatical flair today, I want to spell truth at times with a capital T. For truth to merit a capital T, we must mean more than what Stephen Colbert used to call truthiness. Now, Colbert was mostly having fun with that word. And there are biases that don't do much harm. If you believe today that the Cardinals are going to win the World Series this year, God bless you. Your belief probably won't hurt anyone. But it may not be universally true. Of course, I introduce that lighthearted belief because there are biases that give rise to unhealthy disbelief, to a skepticism that can cause real harm. We know this kind of dangerous disbelief in our society. We've seen it around the vaccines. 
This partisan disbelief is also the skepticism that talks about the theory of climate change. Scientists now say climate change isn't a prediction. Climate change is an accelerating reality. Seas are rising, hurricanes are stronger. In the last five years, Missouri has experienced multiple floods that used to come every hundred or so years. Climate change isn't a theory, it's the truth. But climate change doesn't have to be the whole truth. Climate change is a fact, it's a truth with a lowercase t. But around climate change, I believe in a truth with a capital T. It's this. We human beings have the capacity, the God-given capability, to act in harmony with our planet. We can adapt. The climate is a complex part of an endlessly complex ecosystem. There's a lot of theory there. But my faith tells me that God gave human beings a role to till the ground, to name the animals and plants, to protect creation. We have a role to play, and we have a God-given creativity with which to work. Climate change need not be the end of our story, but we have to have the courage to face the truth that climate change is an important chapter in our story. Disbelief just slows us down. I know some churches teach that scientists are tricksters, that the work of faith is about holding strong to your belief against science. Whether that means arguing against climate change or evolutionary biology, or it means proposing laws to police gender on the school sports field. This year, again, Missouri's State House will debate whether participation in youth sports should be conditioned on checking the gender assigned on your birth certificate. Arkansas just passed a law making it illegal for doctors to provide gender-affirming treatment to teens, treatment which has been proven to reduce depression and suicide attempts for teens. I know this may feel like a bit of a sidetrack, but the debates around trans kids get at why the questions of disbelief and belief, doubt and faith, are so difficult today. I know that for many of us, it feels like the world is changing really fast. I mean, heck, last summer when Sayer Johnson from the Metro Trans Umbrella Group offered a training here, I learned I was behind on the language. I think I'm up to date. I like to think I'm up to date, and I often find out I'm not. I have a long way to go, a lot to learn. It can feel like the world is moving much too fast, like you can't keep up. And truth with a capital T, it can still help us navigate. Looking for truth, looking for something that is universally true can help us to find our way through the language games of our fiercely contextual postmodern world. Truth worth believing, truth worth staking your life on is universally true. So what do you do when something you thought was true, universal, ends up being more complicated and contextual? Say, if you believed gender was a simple binary, and then you learn it is a bright, colorful spectrum. Yes, it can be disorienting. Where do you go? I'd argue, look for something you know, you know, is deeply, universally true. 
in all my conversations with fellow Christians around sexuality and gender, there's one truth with a capital T that I've heard proclaimed by befuddled Christians that has been universally well received. It's this. Look, this is all new to me, but I do know this. I believe you are made in the image and likeness of God. You deserve love and life with dignity. Say it when you're confused. You might find you believe more deeply in the truth of God's love than in the constructions we have created around sex, gender, and other human categories. Let's go back to Thomas. Poor Thomas. He thought he knew something to be true. Can you really blame him? And Thomas was in mourning. The Bible itself never calls him Doubting Thomas. We invented that name. Instead, John calls him Thomas the Twin. And since the ancient days of the church, people have wondered if that title had something to do with Thomas's closeness to Jesus. Were they twinned souls? Did they share a deep compassion for the poor or a certain love for making lawyers stumble in their arguments? And Thomas had lost his close friend. The Romans killed his teacher. Thomas knew there was no coming back. He knew it. Death is a fact. And Thomas knew it until Christ's resurrection dared Thomas to believe something more true than death. This is the other distinguishing measure of truth with a capital T. I've already argued that this kind of truth is universal. And truth with a capital T, it's also eternal. That's how I can say Christ dared Thomas to believe something more true than death. The resurrection tells us that death does not always, it does not have the last word. Death does not have the last word. Death passes away. Alleluia, Thomas was wrong. Death isn't the truth. St. Romanus in the 5th century composed a hymn about Thomas and Jesus. The rhyme is lost in translation, but hopefully not the power of the verses. Here are just a couple. If Christ's side had not furnished abundant power, how could a right hand of clay have touched sufferings which had shaken heaven and earth. It was grace itself which was given to Thomas to touch and to cry out, Thou art our Lord and God. St. Romanus opens up the power of this moment. By all good theology, Thomas should not have been able to touch the risen Christ. In another verse, the hymn compares Thomas's hand to the burning bush which Moses saw, which burned with God's presence and was not consumed. This story is a miracle story. Thomas, like so many before him, is healed by Christ's touch, healed of his grief, healed of his disbelief. This encounter with the risen one was given to Thomas and the story was given to us that we might know there are truths worth believing. Even in our fast-changing and wounded world, when we must be conscious of culture, context, and language, there are truths which are universal. 
There are truths which outlast even the worst news. There is truth that can set us on fire for love. There is truth worth believing. Will we have courage in our skeptical and divided world? Will we have courage to believe and to tell the truth of God's universal and eternal love? Amen.